means this must be, oh, well, maybe it isn't. Who knows? Like I said, this must be. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Good. 
Where are you, tell us where you are and what your weather is like. We always start with a little weather report. Sure. Uh, I'm in St. Louis, and uh, we're known for uh, completely crazy volatile weather. We have four seasons, but any of the four seasons can show up in any one of the seasons. So, uh, <laughs> you know, one day it can be 90, and the next day it can be 30. Um, today it happens to be uh, over 90, so uh, um, it's kind of our uh, spring spring storm season and uh, mm. hot and then thunderstorms come so uh, it's a little warm today. Uh, yeah. St. Louis is known for its humidity. Am I correct? We have plenty of that yes in the summertime. That's right. Fall, fall is really the the, the premium the premium yeah. October that's you know just in time for the World Series. <laughs> I lived in Cape Girardeau, which is about 100 miles south oh, of the sure. river there. And I lived there for about 10 years. And so I know, and I think all the cities along the Mississippi River are just absolutely humid, unbearably humid. Yeah, it, it can be. Um, but uh, yeah, I have friends from Cape. Been there quite a few times. Nice time. Nice time. All right, all right. Enough of the pillars of weather. We'd... Enough of the pillars of weather. <laughs> I was I was segueing, Fred. All right, sorry, I got over anxious. Too much stuff is going right, so go ahead. <laughs> All right. When, when too many things go right with Fred, he feels that something has got to happen wrong. So <laughs> he's got a self sabotage. He's going to make it exactly. <laughs> So back to what I was going to say, I was going to ask you, um, you, you have a lot of different experiences in business, um, which I'm sure all feed into what you're doing now. So if you want to give us a little background on how you got where you are and what led you to where you are, I think that would be a great understanding of what you can. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, it's really the background of many of my candidates. Um, okay. I was started in a, in a worldwide accounting firm at Arthur Anderson in the nineties, but I went to a Fortune 500 company. I was in finance. I did M&A work. Uh, loved the industry, um, but one day came in and there was a new CFO who hadn't met me. Called me to his office and said, "Hey, uh, sorry, I haven't met you, but you know I'm bringing my team in from AT&T and you're out." Um, so that was my first experience with, "Oh, you don't control your own destiny in in corporate America." Um, so I went smaller. I said, okay, I'm going to go to a smaller company where I can, you know, have more influence and control my destiny better. I went in as CFO of a regional real estate company and loved, got into commercial real estate, loved the industry, got promoted to CEO uh, three years later and was there 11 years. And ultimately at the end of the day, it was a family owned business who did not have any kids in that business and they didn't want to sell. So once they got to be past retirement age, they put a new legal board in place that said, why do we need a management company? And they outsourced everything. Uh, round two of being <laughs> in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. So I, you know, at that point I had young kids and was saying, you know, uh, um, I need to, I need to start thinking about doing something on my own. And I had some successful investments. I had, I'm still a partner in some of those real estate deals. Um, you know, they give me some passive income and I like the idea of building more income streams. 
So I looked at buying a franchise. Um, I joined a startup company because I needed a job. Uh, but shortly thereafter, I bought a franchise and wanted to get that going while I was employed. Um, and as startup companies sometimes do, uh, the day that I opened my franchise, my boss sent an email and said, hey, we're out of money. Today's your last day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. And I said, okay, that's the third time that I've lost my job through weird organizational circumstance. And uh, um, I had got some indication that was coming, so I had already been in talks with Franchise. I had gotten to know the franchise world and, and had really enjoyed that, uh, getting to know that. So I, I had worked out a deal with Franchise and started self-employment as a consultant while I wanted to continue building my franchise businesses as well. Mm -hmm. Wow, that sounds like a familiar theme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, something similar happened to me I'm on my third time uh, being like, you know, I think they, don't, they, they have a nice term for that now, but yeah. <laughs> downsize, right size. Yeah, right size. <laughs> I, I was uh, in my mid 50s and uh, it was time. You know, nobody wants to hire someone in their mid 50s. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I figured I had nothing to lose. I invested everything I had into a franchise and uh, it was the best thing I've ever done. And I say that to the benefit of our audience who were <laughs> thinking, you know, which way are they going to go? So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's been, it's not going to be good for everyone, you know, and it, a lot of people were saying, are you nuts? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, it, it has worked out. So you always have the naysayers, right? And, um, but in corporate America, you know, once you hit that age range, what's riskier? Uh, is it riskier to try to, you know, get that job in corporate America? What I what I say is, if you're not in a C-suite by 50, you're out by 60. So you have to have an exit. Even if you take that corporate job at 50, you have to have an exit strategy planned out, and you need to be thinking about what you're going to do because if you're out at 55 to 60. You're not, you know, you got 10 years of no med, you know, before Medicare. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of challenges in that in that time frame if you, you know, can't can't uh, have a livelihood. Yep. 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 Absolutely. And people are needing to work longer and longer. My husband is um, 58. I had to think. I had to add up. Um, and we have a almost 14 year old. So and and four of the kids put through college. So you've got to have that gap filled. You can't just coast <laughs> into your no. golden years anymore. Yeah. Right. You're, we're all going to live to be a hundred, right? We thought that, but now there's a pandemic. So it's a little easier. <laughs> I'm sure. My kids are voting against that. <laughs> no, they're not. Even though they're teenagers. <laughs> right. Right. That's amazing. So, so David, so you, go ahead. I was going to ask David about David. You, you said something about family. So you have a family, you have kids. I do. I'm married, and I have triplets. Uh, they oh. are three girls, uh, two identical, one fraternal. Oh, wow. And 
they turn 14 and they'll be starting high school in a couple months. Excellent. Yeah. Is they, are they interested in anything you're doing? Well, <laughs> it's interesting. So we've been on lockdown, right? COVID. <laughs> and one of them is my academic bookworm and has no very little interest in, you know, sports and other things going on. So she is my summer intern. So she's been doing a, uh, she, I got her set up. She has a computer and she's been doing good work in my database and my CRM. I send her a list. I'm like, okay, upload these and you know, put all these in as contacts and, you know, categorize them this way. And, and uh, so it's her first, you know, professional job. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> And she hopefully it'll pique her interest a little bit. All the summer camps are canceled, right? They, yeah. they you know, they, they yeah. we had summer plans for them and and places to volunteer and things, and um, yeah, they've been canceled. So it's it's you know we got a couple months here we're gonna have to fill in, or otherwise it's sleep all day and Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people are getting tired of that. <laughs> Even my kids are tired of that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's easy to become a puddle when you have nothing to do. So you've got to come up with creative solutions <laughs> for sure. What do you think are some of the greatest lessons that now that you have your daughter as an intern, what over the course of your fragmented uh, career path, which so many of us have, um, what is the greatest lesson that all that has taught you to impart to them? Well, for me is, and I've been saying this to him for a couple of years now, probably since they hit middle school, is that you need to, you need to think of yourself as an entrepreneur. Um, the gig economy is real, and there's a possibility that by the time they graduate college, they may never get a W-2. Um, they, may, they may work their whole, lot, you know, their whole career as a gig economy or an independent contractor because anything that's routine – back office, repeatable process is going to get replaced by software. Mm-hmm. It's going to get outsourced if there's efficiencies that companies can outsource those things. Uh, accounts payable, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not their core, you know, not their core product or service. Um, so if you're working in one of those fields, you might, who knows, you might, you might never be an employee. You know, certainly if you're a design professional or you're in some of those creative fields, a lot of those people are now doing, if they're not with an agency, agencies have brick and mortar, they're so expensive, and you can get, now you can do this stuff uh, freelance and make a decent living without ever being employed. That's true. That's true. A lot of people who do get to college don't uh, get employed in, in their particular field. And uh, so it's a good idea to have some interest. And if you could guide them along in, in something that you're doing, at least they'll have that, no matter what they choose to do. That's right. And they do, all of them have worked at my, my franchise business. So I own a fitness studio, uh, which is a cycle bar, indoor cycling fitness mm-hmm. studio. And that's been really good because it's a, it's the perfect job for, for a, you know, a, a good teenager that's, you know, has <laughs> Uh, I'll say, uh, but it, it's been a good for them is that they learn to come in, that they have to work and punch clock, clean bathrooms and mm-hmm. uh, those kinds of things and, and keep
keep our classes running. So um, that's that's been good as well, trying to get them involved. Um, they're, they're still been, they can't drive yet. So uh, <laughs> that's coming soon, uh, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I try to get them as involved as I can. Well, you know, that thought process that you're imparting to them, you know, clearly plays into what it is that you're doing. So in terms of um, counseling potential franchisees, what kind of experience have you had that helps you understand how to get into their psyches and, and figure out what it is that they're looking for and what they need? Well, I, I've tried to really focus a lot of my prospecting and development of, of candidates that are come from a similar background. So I work with a lot of people from with a financial background, people coming from commercial real estate. Um, I have a somewhat of a niche in that because I was, I was CEO of a real estate development company and very involved in that industry, not just locally, but nationally. I, I've worked with quite a few retail property owners who they own real estate, they own retail centers, which has going through, been going through a change. They're looking to backfill some of their empty spaces. They already have the back office, legal personnel, a lot of those kind of things that they can accounting that they can run the business. So they really don't have additional overhead. They can start the business with capital. Oftentimes it's not much more than they spend on tenant improvement allowance for, a, or for an incoming tenant. And then they just run it themselves and they can cash flow improve their centers, control the tenant mix. So the real estate focus has been one area, uh, like I said, financial backgrounds. I try to bring that to to my candidates. I've also worked in corporate America, so I certainly understand what a lot of transitioning executives are going through. Mm -hmm. and, hey, I've lived it. I've lived it three times. And one of the things I, I did was I do a lot of networking and I found myself repeating myself so often that I wrote an article um, with all of my lessons learned plus best practices I'd learned from all these other people that have gone through it. And I share that with everybody. I, anybody that is in transition, I'm not just trying to sell them a franchise. I'm trying to help them with their transition, whatever it is. And, and oftentimes those are great sources of referrals or, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in paying it forward all that comes back to you later. And so uh, those have been some things that I've, I've done, but you know, I built a business from scratch. And so I think I, I've, I've walked in the shoes of each function of a small business and can kind of provide a calming hand for a lot of people are like, hey, I've been in sales my whole time, but I don't know anything about finance or I don't know anything about ops or whatever. Um, they may have been functionally in one area so I think I can give them kind of that broader perspective and say, look, you know, here's, here's how you deal with that. Here's what a franchise can provide. That's part of the point is that you don't need to have an operations experience because they're going to give you a checklist. Well, and I would imagine your story, your personal story, your willingness to share it. Um, lends towards your credibility a ton. I would imagine people trust that you know what you're talking about. Have you found that that has helped you build these kinds of relationships that have, have propelled you forward? I believe so. I, I, I'm not, uh, I, you know, it's franchising is not right for everyone. 
I, I, I've wondered myself, it's right for me. You know, I mean, we all have those nights, those sleepless nights. Um, you know, I, when we launched, we launched in a bad time of the year uh, for our franchise. And, you know, we weren't quite hitting projections. And, um, you know, it, it caused me a lot of anxiety. And I broke it down and figured out, you know, what can I do? What action steps do I need to take? And it was really more about my own, you know, a lot, what a lot of us have. I think going through that experience of saying, you know, I, I, I was always a successful business leader and going to the bank and asking for some, you know, some relief or changes or can I get, a, you know, a change in this term, going to your landlord, working with them, saying, hey, I, I need a, I, you know, I need a little bit different term or I need some deferral here. Can we change that on the back end? That Those were not things that, you know, we have a self, you know, ego about us that it's not very comfortable having those decisions or having those discussions, I mean. And so I've been through that. And what you find is when you talk to those people, I talk to the bank, I talk to the landlord, I talk to my vendors, and they're all like, yeah, you know, no problem. I mean, it's to them, it's business as usual. For you, you're like, oh my God, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I need to change some things or I'm not quite doing what I thought I was. And, and it's, it, it causes more anxiety than maybe is really there. There are always solutions <laughs> if you focus. Just out of curiosity, Dave, what is your uh, typical client? I mean, who, who comes to you looking for some advice? Well, it's, uh, I would say there's no, no typical profile makes up the majority of my candidates, but there is probably a plurality of transitioning executives. Okay. With my background and my network, I do a lot of corporate connections in several industries um, through telecom, through commercial real estate, through accounting and finance. And so that that's kind of built on itself. And, and I've worked with a lot of fortune 500 transitioning executives who say, look, I've been there 25 years, either I can't find a job that I'm want, uh, or like we said is I've hit 50 and I'm, you know, everything I'm looking at or the jobs that are available to me are a step down or Mm -hmm. less pay than I was making. They finally hit that. They finally hit that peak. So if you're, again, if you're not in the C-suite, you're not, you're not, up in the C-suite by that age range, you're probably not going to get there in that type of company, in a Fortune 500 type company. Uh, They're just managed differently. And so Mm -hmm. those, I would say, is probably my most common profile of candidate. But I've had, I have some, I have some candidates in their 20s that are young and, and say, you know what, I, I already see that I want to work for myself. And I have entrepreneurs who already own businesses or own franchises that want to expand or diversify. So it's really a broad spectrum, but probably transitioning executives that are packaged out and have the means and the, the desire to do something else. And then the final com- com- combination with that oftentimes is they want to do something more meaningful. They've been in an industry that didn't quite find their passion and a lot of times they may find that in franchising with a lot of the categories that we work in and whether it's child enrichment or senior care 
or some of the categories. Fitness is a big lifestyle uh, focus of people that are really passionate about that, helping others change their lives. So um, that, that's, that's a, I found in, interesting that's a much bigger driver than I originally had thought it would be. Mm-hmm. All right, I think it's time for us to take a quick break. Fred, you want to take us out to commercial? Sure, I will. So I want to remind, want to thank the Global Network for broadcasting our show. Remind everyone that they can call in at 323-580-5755. Talk to our technical producer. That's 323-580-5755. We'll get you on the air. Also, for all those people that are hanging out on the PillarsOfFranchising.com website, and I can see you there, send a message. Also, thanks to everyone on Facebook and all the other places for watching. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Woman will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are the Franchise Woman. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. And we're back. <sighs> Gotta love when things work and when they don't. But what can you say? <sighs> go ahead, Elizabeth. Go for it. I'm going to breathe now. Okay, you do that, Fred. We need to. We need to breathing. Um, David, we can't go through a show without asking about the pandemic. Um, yeah. There's been a lot going on, a lot that has affected businesses. Some will come back, some won't. Um, what are your thoughts? What have you seen in terms of people seeking franchises? And what is your thought on timing to be looking for franchising? You know, you're seeing the cream rise to the top <laughs> during the, during a crisis. But what are you advising? Well, you know, I'm, I'm living it firsthand. So my sure. franchise is still closed. Uh, our St. Louis County is taken a very tough stance on uh, businesses reopening here. Um, within the state of Missouri, which is not a, a hot spot as a state, uh, 
majority of the cases are in St. Louis Metro and um, the, the county commissioner is a, is a doctor here and he's drawing lines of sand. So fitness businesses are the last businesses allowed to open. We're finally opening on June 15th. So it'd be three full months of complete closure. Uh, so we're looking forward to getting back that. So I'm definitely, I've been through the PPP. I've been through the EIDL. I've talked to the banks, the lenders, the landlords. I'm, I've been doing all of that for the last three months. Um, and so I certainly can speak to that to my candidates, right? Cause I'm in the middle of it. it what, but on the flip side, it was really interesting because the first 30 days, it was everyone's things frozen. There are deer in the headlights and nothing happened but then all of a sudden you know my candidates who were already in process which who everything had kind of frozen started picking back up and then after memorial day it, it, things really started changing and um, a lot of new people coming in saying looking at their reevaluating their whole career paths and, and, and so it's, it's been very active. I hear that from the other consultants in our network. There are definitely a lot of, a lot of interest going on. I think the profile of the candidate has changed a little bit. I think those transitioning executives make a, make up a higher percentage now that's kind of moved up in percentage. I also think a lot of the, more opportunistic entrepreneurial people who may were had cash, idle cash that were sitting on the sidelines are now coming in looking at opportunities. If you think about the stock market, do you want to, you know, buy at the market peak or you don't want to buy when things are down? And I think the smart entrepreneurs are seeing that the second half of this year is going to be probably one of the best times to get in and start a business, whether it's a franchise or whether it's some uh, you know, regular type of business that you're starting in independently. Uh, it's financing is, is cheap and flexible, probably as it's ever gonna be. Doesn't mean it's easy to do, uh, but you're certainly gonna have favorable terms. Landlords, if, you're, if you have bricks and mortar, are gonna be very flexible, especially on the retail side, because there is gonna be a, there's going to be some shakeout. I think independent businesses in, in many sectors, if they did, if they couldn't have six, six to 12, you know, six to nine months of working capital, it's going to be a struggle. I know for our fitness studio, I've been closed completely for three months. They're finally allowing us to open on June 15th, but the, the first guidance they says our customers had to be 12 feet apart in a group fitness <laughs> setting. I'm like I can't run classes in an airport hangar. Um, so we're very restricted on our occupancy. So it's not like, even though you're opening, you're, you're not really opening it at a level that you can, you can make money. So, uh, or, you know, get back to where you were and, and we don't know how long that's going to be. If the county's going to require that until there's a vaccine, that could be a year and a half. So there's going to be a lot of struggles. So I think, and that's a challenge. For, for current businesses, but it's an opportunity for new businesses coming in because along with cheap capital and flexibility, you have less competition and, you know, better favorable uh, terms from vendors and landlords and uh, pent up demand in, in many cases. I'm not worried about having my classes full. 
I just can't have enough people in them. So uh, that those are the things I think that will help drive people to it. But the profiles have changed a little bit. We never know which businesses are going to be affected by what's coming along the pipeline because we don't know what's coming along. And there's so many things that are that are happening. It just so happens that I, I come from a high tech background, and I ended up with a maid service, Molly Maid, and it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to jive, except from the uh, standpoint that uh, I was managing people before I'm managing people now, and as an owner, uh, you know, I want our audience to uh, understand this. You do what you want to do sometimes. I mean, when you start out, you may wear all the hats. As you work your way towards what, what you might see at the end, you can you can uh, delegate those things that you don't care to do and just do the things you like to do. So it's important that people know that just because you have a passion for something, doesn't mean you have to go towards that in a franchise. And That's right. I, and I'm wondering, David, how many people have you guided? You know, someone, someone myself. I'm just looking for something high tech, and I ended up with something to- totally different. And I still enjoy doing it. So, how many people have you guided in that in those directions? Well, you know, we always say you got to start with a blank slate. And at the beginning of every consultation, I tell people, look. We're, the whole point is not to talk about the widget. It's really to figure out what you want in a business, what you really enjoy, what drives, what kind of lifestyle are you looking for as an owner, what are you looking to get out of it in, you know, in three years, five years as a career, and pull that information out and you know, write that down, everything you want in a business on. You know, if you drew a line down the middle of your whiteboard, everything you want on one side, everything you don't want on the other, and then let's go out and look for franchise brands that meet that. And oftentimes, or very often, it's an industry you weren't thinking about, and it's a brand you'd never heard of. And a lot of people, I mean, that's the whole point of our process is, is to start with the candidate. Most candidates go on the internet, right? And it's a hot mess. And there are thousands of blinking lights and noise coming at them when they type in the word franchise and you know they drive by the Chick-fil-A or the Dunkin Donuts and think that's great I love I love Chick-fil-A so I, I want to own one until they find out what it's all about mm-hmm. um, and then they waste a lot of time and so for me um, I really try to guide them and say I never knew anything about the fitness business either but I had built a business from scratch previously, which actually was in the amusement entertainment space. It was the first modern observation Ferris wheel in the United States. So whole nother story, right? <laughs> but it taught me a lot. And I, I built that from scratch, but it, it was a huge success. And it was something that was capital intensive, not labor intensive. I, I had a checklist of things that I really liked about that business. I told my consultant and when they, when he comes back to me with franchises, lo and behold, he, he shows me a fitness business, which I had not, had not even thought of. But when I dug into it, it checked a lot of those boxes. So if you really are digging into the attributes that you want, both financially, lifestyle, and other things, be open-minded because that the, the, the business that might fit you best is oftentimes 
not something you'd thought about. And, and oftentimes you don't want to fall into the passion trap and make your hobby your business because you probably end up hating your hobby. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think keeping an open mind, that's, those are very, very good words that, that people who are listening need to do because you never know where, what direction you're going to be going. Absolutely. Well, how often have you have you come across someone and you just thought franchising is not for you? You know, nice try, but this is really not your cup of tea. And and how do you address that? Does that happen very often? Uh, sure. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, I, I you know the number of people that I talk to compared to the ones that are actually serious candidates that I would start a process with. I mean, it's a, it's a big ratio. And I talk to a lot of people and, and my, my biggest two things are, is, you know, education. I'm, you know, I'm an analytical person. I'm a CPA, CFO kind of mind, left, left brain mindset. So I, you know, what I value is having all the facts and not, you, the decision's going to be made on emotion at the end of the day. We know 100% of decisions are emotional. But we're going to try to apply all the logic, criteria, and facts to that to make sure it's, it, it, it all lines up. And oftentimes it doesn't. People, a lot of people are very interested in it, and they just don't have the capital or the financial reserves. It's just not a good idea, right? They, you know, you're leveraging yourself to the hilt, and you have no margin for error. So if something like COVID hits, you know, there are going to be obstacles in the economy. There's going to be recessions. There's going to be things that happen. And it doesn't matter when you really start the business. You ha- if, if you're really a long-term minded person, you intuitively know those things are going to happen. So um, you can't go in undercapitalized. I coach people on that. And also some people just don't have the, they, they think a fr- you know, somehow a franchise is easier. Uh, it's not easier. Uh, than, than having a job or that the franchisor is going to do something for them. And it's like, no, that's not really what it's about. But if you're going to work hard, a lot of people I think come from the mindset is that I'm working, I'm working very hard. I'm always a hard worker, but I, I'm not seeing the results come back to me. You know, my company hasn't mm-hmm. been loyal to me. I've worked hard for 20 years. And I, at the end of the day, I get a pink slip from some new executive that came in. I haven't met. And you know, what do I have to show for it? And that's where I think is a lot of times the trigger. And, and that, that is okay. Um, but if people don't have the mindset or if they're like, hey, I can only work eight to five Monday through Friday. I'm a week, you know, and I can never be available on weekends. And, you know, I need to take a, you know, I have to take two months uh, vacation every summer and, you know, I, I strongly encourage them to, to consider <laughs> franchising is for them or business right. owners. Just to clarify, uh, owning a franchise is uh, not any easier than starting your own business, but it is, uh, how should I say, it, 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 I'm losing my train of thought. So as an employee, it's going to be harder than being an employee. There's no doubt about that. You're going to work your butt off. Yeah. If you're starting a business, you're going to work twice as hard as if you try to start a franchise because you don't have that network 
to, to help you out. So it's extremely important. People don't realize how important that network is. You know, absolutely. It's, you, it allows you to leverage your time. You know, I mean, you think if you start up a business and you're like, which POS software should I use? What should my logo look like? Like, you know, a franchise allows you to, to combine, you know, have all those best practices figured out. So your focus is really on growing the business. It's, it's focusing on revenue. And that's what good franchise companies want their franchisees to do. They want them to focus on revenue. Don't worry about which accounting software you should buy. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make your business successful. You know, it's important. is it important? Yes. You need to do it? Yes. But we'll figure that out for you and provide you a resource so that you can spend your time and energy on this. And I, that's what I like about franchising is it allows you to leverage your time better. And, um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're comparing an employee to an, uh, a business owner, I mean, or an entrepreneur, employees are paid for their time and em- entrepreneurs are paid for results, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just a different, you have to change your mindset and understand. And, and it doesn't mean you have to work like a slave. It just means you have to adjust your, adjust your, how you approach things. Mm-hmm. Do you find during COVID, um, you talked a little bit about the profile changing in terms of who you're seeing, but the people that you are seeing, do you find that they're driven so much more by a need to control their own destiny? Um, because I think when you are an employee, you're, you're at the mercy of whoever you're working for and decisions are often taken out of your hands. Um, do you, are you finding that those people are, are starting to say, you know what, I could, I could do this better myself. I could control my own I, destiny and, and, and make sure that I'm okay. I, I think that it definitely, and I, that's a big proportion. I think it's always there. I mean, that's always one of the biggest triggers is, you know, look, you know, I'm, uh, whatever my contributions are, I, you know, I'm, I'm having outcomes that I had nothing to do with that are negative mm-hmm. outcomes. So I, I, that triggers them to want to control their destiny. And, and it's definitely a, a big percentage of people that I'm seeing now. Um, interesting. I'm also seeing people who probably I, one of the categories I've seen now in COVID is executives, uh, smart, uh, very intelligent uh, executives that have have not previously even considered it. They they don't necessarily, or even if they they're not necessarily in transition. They might be, or they're thinking about it, but they're 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 using this whole time to kind of reconsider. They've had time to think, and they're they're really considering this. That it's not just I want to control my destiny now, uh, but it's also I want to plan ahead, and I mm-hmm. want to start building a business. I want to start thinking about it now instead of waiting until something happens, and then that, and then that's the trigger. So that trigger is happening a little bit earlier while people are already employed and they're looking to build something while they're still employed, knowing that, hey, you know, the whole thing's dicey and I'd rather do something on my own. So that, that's been interesting the last, I would say the last 30 to 60 days, seeing a lot of candidates with that kind of profile coming where that, that trigger is happening earlier before they get displaced or packaged out. Mm-hmm. 
right, Fred, are we ready for our next commercial break? God only knows at this point, but we'll try it. Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. And just a reminder, the last time Nick was on the show, he upped the treasure. If you're looking to buy a franchise, you can not only get a copy of the wonderful book, which is... Ooh, I actually had it really close. Oh, but no one can see me. So, um, anyways... You can't see the book. Too bad. Anyways, not only that, but you get a copy or a VR headset. Reminder that Tuesday morning at 7.30 a.m. Pacific is Caffeinated Connections. Meet interesting people from all across the world. And if I can hit the right, the right button, we're back with my double head. Yay. <laughs> of course, no one sees that, but no one knows how I'm sneaking in on Ray's head right now. You can see me twice here, but now we're back. Sorry, having some tech geek fun there. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just having too much fun. Ray, you have the next question? <laughs> <laughs> well, one, one of the things that uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, about children, and one of the nice things about owning a business is be able to hand your children something. And um, in my particular case, I have a son and a daughter-in-law who are in my business. And uh, I, I feel uh, you know, a sense of pride in that and a sense of accomplishment being able to hand them something, you know, when I'm gone. So that's something that, you know, that you can do as a business owner, as a franchise owner. Is, is be able to you know hand something down, and, that, and I think that's important for our audience to understand. And it's something that uh, you need to uh, elaborate a little bit on, and you know, and tell people. And in your case, you have your your, your daughters who are all fourteen. Yep, all three of them. Right? <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, well, Is there a question there? And I think it is. It is a big motivation. It is a big motivation for a lot of uh, candidates that not, you know, there's the whole list of reasons, right? And, you know, I I always say you have to have multiple motivations. You need a a trigger. You need something to do it, but you also need a positive future vision. You need need to be able to vision, you know, it's my tagline, but you need to be able to visualize your future. If you can't see what you're looking for, what you want out there five or 10 years from now, or you have an idea of what that picture looks like, then you're not going to, you're not going to, you know, start a franchise. Uh, you're interested, you're curious, but you don't really have the motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be frustrated because you got laid off. You have to do that. And one of the biggest motivators in that is building enterprise value, mm-hmm. having something that I have put work into this. I know I'm going to work hard. 
the end of the day, I have a business that I can sell. I can pass to my kids. I can bring my, 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 my kids into the business and have them take it over perhaps while we, we own it and make them a partner. However, that might, you know, however that might play out for you. And it is a big component of that positive future vision that people need. Like they need to see that and they need to see franchising as a path that can help get them there. And if they've got those three components, you know, the trigger, the, the positive future vision, and then seeing the path, franchising as a path for that, then those are, they're going to be the most likely ones to move forward. And enterprise values definitely, it's, it's always part of that, part of that formula is building wealth. And, you know, you don't always necessarily have that in a self-employment type franchise where you're just working for yourself. You may not have any employees or, you know, scalability to it. Uh, but most of the franchises are definitely going concerns that you're going to be able to build some enterprise value with. Having that, having that vision, uh, and I think Stephen Covey said it best, begin with the end in mind, but having that vision will motivate you and keep you going. Even when things get tough, yeah. you, know, you, you have that motivation to keep going. Absolutely. And that's part of the, that's part of the entrepreneur's mindset, which I'll give myself a plug. You know, I wrote it in my book. <laughs> I also give away for free. Um, to those who ask, <laughs> um, but you know, that's really, uh, that's, that's, that's really a, a, an important part of it. And, uh, is, is, is building that, you know, building that future vision and having the mindset is, uh, working, having a long-term mindset. So mm-hmm. the, the key is, and I think this is the, what, the hardest mental leap from employee to entrepreneur goes is that an entrepreneur is always thinking about their long-term vision. So their behaviors change their behaviors, their short-term behaviors change to that. They're always working toward that long-term vision where Mm -hmm. an employee might say, okay, I'm, I want to finish this project because I want to get done by five. I want to go to the lake for the weekend. They're always kind of, you're, you're thinking in a short-term mindset, whereas an entrepreneur is going to say, you know what? I get up every Sunday morning. My kids are asleep. I do the payroll. I do this other stuff. Uh, I'm thinking about, because that lets me give free time with my family and, and builds toward that long-term vision, whatever that is. You know, I, I wake my kids up. I take them to work with me. You know, I, you know, I work Saturday mornings now at the studio, so I have to... Uh, you know, I take my kids with me, I get a little family time, and they learn some business, and I'm in my business interacting with customers and keeping my hands on the pulse. So those are things that I'm doing that are in accordance with my long-term goals, but mm-hmm. they have to adjust my short-term behaviors. Well put. Well put. Yeah, and, and back to the kids for a minute, I think it's such a great lesson. My dad used to rotate taking us to work. There were five kids in my family also, and we would get to go. They had they served breakfast at his office every Saturday, and we would go have breakfast with oh, yeah. him and then watch what he didn't. You learn so much about not not only what he is doing, but what he is about. You know, so I think imparting that work ethic in that way 
mm-hmm. as much as the legacy of the business, but the legacy of your behavior and your mm-hmm. goals and your values and, and that kind of thing. It's a, it's a great opportunity to expound upon that and with your with your kids, I think. It is. And a lot of it, a lot of adult parent child mm-hmm. partner. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a lot of, a lot of candidates that are parent child partners. You know, one of the just today and he wants, it's, he's a transitioning executive and a financial guy, and his dad is a retired attorney, and his dad mm-hmm. wants to be a partner in the business, and they even have their cousin that, that is maybe going to be the operations person, and definitely a family affair. So it can, you know, if, if you're, it depends on your age range and where your kids are, if you can get mm-hmm. them involved in it, or sometimes adult, adult children and parents as, as partners. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, Ray, would you like to ask our final question before we go down the rabbit hole? I certainly would. So we've seen you flash your book up there. So uh, <laughs> go ahead and flash that up there again so people can see it and sure. let people know how they can get the book and how they can contact you to in a franchise. And when Fred will Absolutely. get his copy. <laughs> <laughs> All I need is your address. Um, so, uh, yeah, so one of my things I said was education. And when I started doing the consulting business, I really wanted to give my candidates every resource. And one of my colleagues has a good book. And I, I, I was going to Amazon, buying his book for every one of my candidates and sending it to him from Amazon. I thought, not that it was a lot of money, but I'm like, this is kind of crazy. You know, why am I sending them someone else's book and so I literally sat down and and then you know I need to stay it my way I wanted something that was a practical guide not a lot of pie in the sky not a lot of fluff and uh, I mean it does talk about my background it does talk about the entrepreneur versus employee mindset which we which we talked about but really a guide to walk you through how how to approach the process and so um it's it's been great it launched last November and um you know, I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, it's a great, if people read this, uh, I have my cans call me like, oh, I saw your example. Is that, you know, was that real? And I'm, yeah, this all came from, you know, my real thing. This isn't, uh, uh, is anything made up? And I wrote it all myself and it wasn't some ghostwriter or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been good. And, and you can get a copy if you fill out a form on my website or email me, david at franchisevision.com. And uh, happy, you know, with your yeah, with your um, mailing address, I'll send you a hard copy. I'm happy to do that. And, um, you know, yeah, it's available. And you can see it also on my website um, at FranchiseVision.com. Fantastic. And there will be a link on Pillars of uh, Franchising's uh, webpage to your webpage so people can link to it. Yeah, just go to my webpage and then click on books and it's right there. Fantastic. Yes, we already have the All link right, on Fred, there. On. We already have the link on the page. I mean, Elizabeth got it done. Yeah. Cut her slack. <laughs> uh, it's nice to be able to say that. So, down the rabbit hole we go. The rabbit hole. The rabbit hole. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> well, actually, we're already in there, folks, but that's okay. You can't see it because we don't put yeah. it on the other way, but that's okay. 
um, everyone else watching did actually see you guys go down the rabbit hole. So now, to make it easier on everybody, we're back here. So recently in the news, the Navy and Department of Defense has acknowledged that uh, there are at least three or four pieces of video that had been floating around the Internet um, that it was actually a declassified footage of Navy interactions or engagements with unidentified flying objects. Ooh. So the Navy's acknowledged it. So my question is, is given that this, these encounters could be the vanguard of an alien invasion fleet that is even now coming toward Earth, how, <laughs> how will Franchise Vision stop the alien invasion? <laughs> Uh, very good question. Um, well, I'm going to educate the aliens. I'm going to educate them. We're going to you know, have them read my book and assimilate into the American enterprise system. And uh, pretty soon, we'll all be one together, and uh, it'll be great. Okay. All about unity. <laughs> exactly. Unity is the word these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I still think this is one. Warren Zevon had it right, lawyers, guns, and money, but that's okay. So, <laughs> on that note... I don't know how lawyers work against aliens. <laughs> you throw enough of them at them, and you can bury them in it. Um, lawyers, but never mind. So, before we end the show, I want to give a quick shout-out to Feedspot and thank them for listening to us in the top 20 franchise podcasts you must follow in 2020. And really want to thank them for ranking us what number, Elizabeth? Number one. Number one. <laughs> well, that sucks. That's a sucky applause. So we got to go for some real applause there. Yeah. Because here we go. Some real applause. I hope. <laughs> All right. Enough of that, folks. Uh, so, folks, we'll be back <laughs> next week with another weird and hopefully wonderful episode of Pillars of Franchising. I want to thank my co-hosts, Ray Pillar and Elizabeth Denham, and our guest, David Busker, for putting up with this weirdness. We may talk <laughs> about franchising, but we are weird. So, thanks again. Everyone have a great week. Be nice, be kind, and make money. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Pillars, pillars, pillars of franchising.